It's the CMXU Manager Check-In, brought to you by KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada and Gas Gas Canada, and Bristol Coachworks, with your host, Ryan Gauld. Gents, a little bit late after the week of Walton. That place just sucks the life out of me after living in a field for seven days. So I took a few days to myself, and I'm now back on track to make myself the new and Ken Ken look good. Uh, Or at least I try to make those guys look good because they do fuck all to bring to the podcast. That's why I get get to do it, so I get to make fun of my friends. Uh, This one is going to be brought to us by the good people over at KTM Husqvarna Gas Gas and Bristol Coachworks. And the gentleman on the line is uh, one of the part of the reasons why we got Bristol Coachworks on as a sponsor here in 2023 for the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. This is the manager moment, and this week it's going to be with Honda Canada GDR Fox, the front man, Dig, as he calls himself, not Diggs, or sorry, I call him Diggs. He says Dig. I like Diggs better. It's Derek Schuster. What's up, buddy? Hey, Goldie, what's happening? Uh, thanks for the little intro there, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, same deal as you. Just needed a couple days to recover from Walton. Didn't get a ton of time because we uh, had a moto camp start here Tuesday morning. So it's been a hectic week for me, and it's just uh, right from one thing into the next here with uh, the you know living at Walton for the week at TransCan and then into the Sunday there and right back into things at the dunes here. What dummy has a motocross camp the Monday after the trans camp? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, a, a racer camp per se, but uh, just a just a fun dirt bike camp for kids to come to. A lot of our camps actually throughout the summer are geared more towards that as opposed to say racers. So yeah, we do the one leading up to Walton there for kids prepping for that, like a little bit of a Walton boot camp, and then this one here is more for kids that just kind of want to go have fun on their dirt bikes, do some track and trail riding and. Um, just fun summer camp. Yeah, I get it. You get it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I know there are a lot more work doing those ones, but those are actually paying customers or racers. They just want to deal, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and they're super fun. Like my own kids like doing these ones and stuff. They get a bit of everything, you know. Yeah. They're, they're riding, they're playing soccer, they're swimming, they're fishing, they're riding bicycles, they're they're doing all the fun outdoor stuff. Did you stalk the pond? Um, yeah, there's always fish in there or we'll move around to the different ponds if not. So, yeah. All right. I don't want, I'm over this reality crap right now. Let's talk about this, this race team and series and this whole other thing that you got going on. Um, which apparently is the reason why I do these manager moments to talk to you guys about these teams that you run. Um, hell of a year. Um, another perfect season on the 450. Uh, well, perfect overall, still a perfect season. You know, we only lost uh, three motos, right? Madag's got one, Pettis got one, and Pettis got two, right? Yeah, Calgary. So yeah. three. So three yeah. motos. Uh, basically, one, oh, yeah, it was one per round at West uh, for Dylan. Uh, the team, no DNFs other than the 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 um, Piccolo only making it 50 yards out. Let's just let's kind of sum up 2023 um, in a nutshell um, from your perspective no results stuff yet or, or ride or just kind of like you know putting the team together moving into the 23 year and, and now sitting on uh, uh, at this time period here kind of reflecting yeah I overall it was a really good season um, Dylan obviously crushed it again like you mentioned on a bunch of your previous podcasts he has a pretty good streak going right now I think we're at 19 straight overall wins which Super impressive, of you course. You sure you don't want to argue with me on that again? 
No, no, I'm not going to argue with you <laughs> on that. Um, <laughs> you and I always love battling our stats and numbers, right? So, yes, we do. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you get the best of me. Sometimes I get the best of you. Um, um, but yeah, like he is on a hell of a run right now. It's super impressive. So pretty cool to like get to be a part of that with him and, and do that, right? Um, obviously, 250 stuff didn't go exactly how we wanted this year. I really felt like we had Jacob in a good spot heading into the start of the season with round one. Um, I think he needed some cleaning up of what his program looked like. Um, and I felt like we had done that going into the start of the season. And it was a struggle for him. You do all that work in the off season, the training, the gym time, the blood, sweat, and tears, and you show up around one and you're down in first turn of Moto 1 with a dislocated shoulder. So... I know there's been a little bit of talk with different people throughout the summer about maybe he wasn't training hard after he did come back and that kind of thing or too much, took too much time off. But I think, honestly, like, when you think about that, you do all that work, you get nothing out of it. It's really hard to, like, get yourself back into that mix to try and buckle down and do all that, like, start over again, right? So um, a little bit tricky kind of trying to navigate that for sure. But he didn't really get the results he maybe was looking for that the team won in those last couple of rounds coming back. But I think, um, I think he did show some signs that like he has been improving back on the bike and like kind of getting back into it. I think Noah did a great job filling in for him. We knew as soon as Jacob was out, that it was probably going to be a long-term thing. So I felt like it was important to fill that spot in. And um, honestly, I feel like, it kind of worked out better with how things went with Noah. He got some great results. And it's not easy to find a filling guy that's going to be like a podium threat or that kind of thing very easily. So I think Noah got some great results for us and uh, super great kid. Family's amazing. So we're super stoked to have him on board. But uh, obviously, Dylan led the way for us uh, throughout the whole season. Um, let's take a step back um, pretty much a year ago, I guess. Um, maybe not quite the full year. Um, you, you double championship again, basically a, a groundhog day. Um, or sorry, you, you double championship last year, get another 450 championship this year. Um, but uh, basically the, the the whole McNabb situation, he's getting a U.S. ride. The, um, it wasn't firepower. It was Phoenix, Phoenix, Honda, blah, blah, blah. You kind of have to, um, I don't know, move your feet quickly, if you will, to make sure that you have a slot for your 250 team, uh, so you go to um, Piccolo, you make all this work, then McNabb's deal kind of falls apart, and then all of a sudden McNabb's got to go to KTM. Uh, in your you know words that you can share in the storylines, obviously you know pe- people can piece things together. That must have been a crazy, I don't know, month I guess maybe or so, month and a half of phone calls. What's happening? What should we do? Honda, what do you think? Honda, blah blah blah. Just from a manager's perspective, I feel like that would be. I feel like that was the most hectic time since you've been a manager, and it's it's kind of a wild story. And then, of course, McNabb wins the title this year. Piccolo has this sort of off year, um, you know, so it, it doesn't work out as far as the the well. Hopefully, we, we got the better guy or kind of thing. Whether you you know, I know you don't say those kinds of things like that, but that, that you know, as a manager, you raise your fist in in positivity. But just kind of step back to that um, uh, that that sort of month and a half and kind of share with my listeners. Uh, share with our listeners, sorry, the, uh, about you know that whole perspective because it was it was kind of crazy. The more you ever learned about it, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll step back even a little bit further than that. We signed Ryder as a just after his fourteenth birthday, 
and um we did a three-year deal with him and you know brad uh rider's dad and rider myself talked quite a bit about you know their long-term goal was to have rider hopefully win a championship or two and work his way into the u.s um competing there once that that deal was done and we threw some ideas back and forth about him potentially staying in canada for sure but um ultimately i kind of knew what the goal was for them to to get there and we chatted about it quite a bit in that summer last year throughout the season during his championship run about what the options were in the u.s and yeah we got to a point where it was basically a done deal i was told that uh that he was heading to Phoenix Honda and he'd be in the U.S. for the following season doing Supercross Futures and the and then the Outdoor Series. And at that point in time, I'd already been... I, I, I knew that was coming and uh, I'd been trying to sort out my details for who I'm going to replace him with and who I feel like would be a good fit for a new multi-year deal on the team and, and what we're going to do there. And that's kind of what led us to Jacob and sorting something out for him. And... In hindsight, yeah, like I, I would love to have kept Ryder knowing how things played out because I really love that kid. I mean, he's he's staying on my property even right now. He's been yeah. here all summer. <laughs> trying to help him out as much, much as I can with lots of different things behind the scenes, as you know, Galdi. So um, I love him. But, you know, I think it probably worked out good for him just to do this one-year deal at KTM. He's going to the U.S. for sure this upcoming season. Uh, he's got a couple things in the works for where he ends up as a team. Um, so I'm super happy for him. Like I look at that, it, like I look at riders, like one of my own kids, basically like he's, um, he's part of the family here, regardless if he's on a different team or not. So, um, everybody here is super close with him. Like he might ride for KTM, but every day he's hanging out in the shop. Even when Jacob's in there, we just all hang out as a big group. So, um, it's pretty cool but uh yeah it's honestly it's just kind of how things played out like there's the business side of things in the off season and there's always lots of juggling going on and uh you mentioned maybe that's one of the crazier off seasons i've had i I think a lot of it was getting dylan's new deal done as well that uh you know came into play there because dylan in my opinion you know when he first came to the team he's you know, I think I had him on a pretty great deal initially, and he, he's obviously gone up year by year since then. And um, the numbers he's making right now, like they've they've climbed up pretty substantially, rightfully so. He deserves every penny he makes and then some. But you know, that starts making it tough. Like you got to go back to Sparns and say, like, this is what it's going to take to re-sign this guy, and this is what he wants to do. And um, it's more than just the money thing for him too. Like he's making great money, he's making great bonuses staying here in Canada, but. A big part of it for him and I also was like, what do we want to accomplish outside of just these Canadian nationals, right? So, mm-hmm. as you know, fans are always asking lots of questions like, when's Dylan going to go race in the U.S. or when's he going to do more GPs or that kind of thing? And what him and I kind of felt like the the best option was, let's race these Canadian nationals, win those championships make some good money for him doing that but let's also kind of figure out a schedule for him that allows him to you know race on the world stage and that kind of thing and it hasn't worked out like the last couple years exactly how we wanted because of his knee injuries and that kind of stuff like there was some opportunities where he was going to jump on an hrc bike with american honda for a couple rounds here and there and 
it just sucks that that never really worked out with the injury. So I, I told him, I'm like, I'll build this into your deal. Part of it is we're going to hit a bunch of these rounds outside and outside of the Canadian Nationals, and we'll figure it out as time goes on here which ones we want to do. As of right now, we're as you know, we're doing Bud's Creek and Ironman, which are coming up these next two weeks. And uh, we were throwing around the idea of a GP prior to MXON. I don't think that's going to work out, but I don't want to completely rule it out yet. And then we got MXON, Vancouver Supercross, which will be a wild card for, uh, Paris Supercross, so... We got a pretty full plate ahead for him and these are kind of like events that him and i have spoke about what works good for the team what are ones that he's kind of got circled on his calendar that he wants to attend and we just kind of work at the schedule from there and it kind of gives him his his platform to do something really cool outside of the canadian nationals i mean who's not a fan of dylan Wright right now the guy's unbelievable his last moto there on the weekend was was fucking mind-blowing his skill set is his attitude his ambassador role like he's He's literally the best, arguably the best poster child this country has ever had. Um, and my next question to that is, this weekend at Bud's Creek, um, I always argue, and I, I, you've, you've kind of uh, been one of these guys with it, like, you know, Canadians, spend your own money, try something new, try this thing. How much money this weekend is all Dylan's money going to this race? Like, how much is he spending? Yeah, like, I mean, he's probably, like, he doesn't have your fucking credit card to pay for fuel. Um, he's not got another b- bonus thing to buy fucking groceries on someone's credit card. Honda's not like, oh, here's a whole brand new bike. Uh, but, you know, like, shit like that. Like, I mean, is he is he paying the registration and the, the what it takes? Yes, he's get he gets your bike, the bike that you gave him all year long, all that kind of stuff. So that part is the bonus out of the, out of the way, I guess. Like, you know, maybe something that where somebody else might have to get some suspension done or whatever it is, but... He's paying for it. Like he doesn't say, you know, it's not like, oh, here, Diggs, or here, or here, Dylan, here's my credit card to pay for everything. Like, it, right? Am I right by saying that? Yeah. So each one of these international events is its own different animal for sure, because some of them he's paid to attend. <laughs> Other one, you like MXON, obviously there's Courtney doing the fundraising for it. And right. then I would say these U.S. nationals, it's pretty much a collab between him and I. Right now, I have a mechanic on the road and a sprinter heading down south with bikes and parts and supplies and all that. We're going to pit with HRC this weekend. Oh, is he so. not? Uh, I saw a picture on his Instagram with his trailer and bike in the back of the truck. He's not taking a, a trailer down there? Like his camper trailer? He, he's taking his camper as well. Oh, okay, okay. Walker okay. camper in the U.S. Yeah, so um, they're, they're meeting down there. And, right. And... Uh, yeah, that's how we're doing, but we're not actually pitting out of that setup. So he just wanted to have his camper down there, do that on his own, not worry about hotels or that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, oh, fuck, how nice yeah. to have your own This sh- is where he's, like, contributing to yeah. help me out with it as well, which is super cool of him. I don't know if everybody would be willing to do that, but, like, that's what I give Dylan a ton of credit for. Like, when he wants to make something happen, he's willing to get his hands dirty as well. And well, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, like, if you watch our TV shows and – we talk about our country. Dylan obviously gets an unbelievable amount of praise. And, and again, like you just said about the money he's earned, it's deservingly so. But, of course, people can get, you know, annoyed. Even at times people didn't like Jeremy McGrath, right? Uh, or, or And yeah. right now people may not like Jet Lawrence just because of how good he is and how much, uh, how much his name is everywhere and stuff like that. But it's totally deservingly so the reason why. But I just – I love the fact – 
and I, you know, all these Canadians, I'm even, I've got some phone calls in the last little while. One, one really good about saying, Oh, Hey, look at, I understand the system. I'd like to put some money into it. I want to get my kid kind of under a tent. I know how this works. What can I do? And the other one's like, well, I need to get the numbers for the teams. Uh, Who should I just call here? My kid deserves a ride. Like I just, you know, that, that this getting your hands dirty thing. And this is something I've learned in my, in my years now running AMO, like, you put your ass on the on the on the grindstone, and you go out there and, and you get what you want. And to have our current four-time champion five times in a row with a two fifty title, fucking doing that, I just I think that is such a great thing for young families and and racers and parents to see. Like, don't just expect it. Go the fuck out there and get it. Absolutely. Like, and I'm sure that different racers on the team or other racers I've spoke to have heard me say Dylan does it this way Dylan does it that way many times probably where it's almost tiresome to hear but oh yeah I'm sure you've seen the eye roll yeah oh yeah the eye roll (laughs) yeah for sure but I mean there's a reason I'm saying that like I've been doing this for a long time as well running a team and the things that that guy does to be a team player and that he does to elevate his own career or be the best it's honestly better than any of the guys we've had previously. Um, and obviously we've had some great guys and I, I like just, man, Dylan is such a warrior when it comes to things. He will do whatever it takes. He'll log whatever miles he needs to do. Even if you see him around here on the dunes, like or at the dunes when he's practicing and training, he's not scared to go jump in the water truck and spray some water to make the track better for himself on a, a riding day or that kind of thing. And I love that because I, I feel like he's the type of guy that really leads by example when it comes to that kind of stuff. And that's, that's why we have high expectations on everybody else that comes to the team. And I know that even with Dylan, like I think fans really love him, but you know, there's certain times where he can be a little bit abrasive with other racers and that kind of thing. And you, you know, you see him getting into it with Pettis at the podium in Calgary there and that kind of thing. Um, I'm no different. There's times I can be abrasive as well, but I think it's, it's partially because we're looking to get the best out of everybody and we yeah. want the best out of ourselves and the team and that kind of thing. And sometimes that's what, what comes with that. Right. So, um, we're looking to, to push the limits on everything and out of everybody. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how that happens. Um, going to talking and moving into sort of the series now, I mean, we can go on about Dylan and there's, there's really a lot of, not a lot of negative to, to share about the guy. He's quite the, Quite the beast right now, quite the animal and quite the Canadian legend. But uh, moving on to the series, Digger, it, it's been no secret. We've shared things before about stuff and bills not being paid and tracks not getting stuff owed and all this kinds of things like that. Um, I want you to talk about 2023 because I've had a few conversations in the last few days uh, with some OEM people and a couple of industry people. And they're like, we're hearing we're hearing a lot better things about the series, how it's been looked at, how it's being run. Um, obviously you're an intricate part. You're not just a team owner invested in it. You're also a track invested in it. You're at the manager's meetings. You're a huge part of making sure Honda is a big part of things. So you have more invested in it like that. But I feel like, uh, you know, and I've been hard on the triple crown boys. And again, I'm, I don't hold no, bar, hold no, uh, hold, hold no bars against anything. I would say honesty and, and everybody's like that. But do you feel like in 2023, they've done a progressive job, moving in a direction where now we all feel in a, a little more um, comfortable, I guess, looking forward. Um, 
you know, you have an investment now for a three-year deal with Dylan. You, uh, Coba Quit Alex has, has got a got two years with his riders, and he's got a lease for the truck. Kevin Tyler just bought a truck. The Cowie team is now brand new, and they're not going anywhere for a while. Like the outside looking in, there's some longevity, and I feel like some structure and comfort. Is that because you know the series looks like it's taking a turn in the better direction compared to what might have been there those three, two, three, four years ago? Yeah, I'm going to back up a little bit here, too. So 2017, that was obviously last year we had the CMRC Nationals with yep. Dally. And I'll be honest, as you know, I was very skeptical with new people coming in and taking over the series going into that 2018 season. Um, just, you know, sometimes you're a little bit nervous. Somebody else is taking over. How's it going to go? And obviously it wasn't smooth right from the get-go, right? There's a few. Fuck no. God, no. (laughs) We know that those early years weren't great, but I will give Justin and Kyle a ton of credit. Like those guys have really like, I don't know. They, they stuck with things. They battled through adversity. I'm sure things were challenging with them at times with, with money and pushing through and sponsors and all this kind of stuff. But um, you know, I've been there with battling adversity myself, so I give them a ton of credit for that. They found a way to figure it out, and I feel like even without a title sponsor at this moment, they're like finding a way to make things work with money better, and um, the events are improving, getting better, and it's nice, you know, like they had to battle through COVID and no fans and losing title spot. Like they've had to battle through some shit, and. Uh, these last couple of years, like this year especially, I just feel like we've seen some great improvements. They're they're open to ideas. Going over to my other gig with Gopher Dunes, obviously, there's a lot uh, that goes in that that you know the other that I talk about with the other tracks and stuff to try and improve the series and all that kind of stuff. And I I feel like on that standpoint, it's been a lot better as well working with them and finding ways to improve the series as a group. So honestly, kudos to those guys. Like from behind the scenes they've made some big improvements and like i feel like we're all gaining some momentum because of it um plans uh like i just referred to dylan signed a three-year deal uh last year obviously the end of this one will be one with two years ago so you're you're stuck for two more years at least um but just you looking at the the grand scheme of things and i'll kind of step back to the the trans can the e can the w can amo uh bc the young talent like there is a shit ton of kids, 50, 60, 85, super mini, into the schoolboy ranks, maybe even a little bit of that junior love right now. But like, there's a big crop coming in the next three to eight years, three to ten years. Um, what's the Honda Canada GDR Fox plan look like right now? Is, is there one or is it, you know, see what Dylan thinks? Because, I mean, for the next racer to fill Dylan's shoes is going to be unbelievable. Um, and obviously, and a tall feet, but I don't know. I'm just, you did you know, tell me that about Colton, though, too, when I was trying to fill his shoes at the team. 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took you four fucking years, three years, right? When did you sign Dylan? Um, well, Dylan and Colton were on the team at the same time for. Right. Yeah. What's, I know. I'm trying to think of when you got 18, I think, right? 18? No. Se- uh, Dylan wrote for me 17, 17. 18, 19. And he won in 19. Yeah. So took two yeah. years, but yeah, he got on the 450. Yeah. 100%. So maybe there is. Yeah. You know, once it, uh, the kid gets on a big bike, whoever you get, maybe it's Piccolo. Yeah, I don't think, like, you know, you and this is kind of where we're at with Jacob right now. I don't think that, like, you can take a rider that maybe needs to work on his program and improve things and, like, snap your fingers and clean all that up in one off season. I think with Dylan, 
it took a year and a half. He signed at the end of 2016. 2017 wasn't that great. Start of 2018 was okay, but that second half, like, I mean, there were some blowouts in the shop. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. You can ask Dylan, like, he had some tough days in the shop. People were not easy on him. I was not easy on him. And there's probably times he felt like not riding a dirt bike anymore because he, you know, he was feeling the heat from, from everywhere. And um, we kind of got to a point where I feel like he kind of finally was like, okay, I'm going to buy in on all this and, and let's do this. And I'm <laughs> whatever I'm doing now isn't working for me, so i got to make some changes. And I think since that point in time, like, He's he's been a winning machine because he kind of like finished that 2018 season winning like three out of the last four rounds or something like that. Yeah. Since then he's been almost unstoppable, and he's what I like about him. He's just continued learning along the way, and he keeps pushing himself. But it takes some time to get there, and that's what we're hoping to do with Jacob. And that kind of leads into what I want to say with the next kids coming up. Like as you know, I'm I'm a track owner here in Canada. We have races. That's my gig. That's how I make a living. So for me, it's important to have Canadian kids on the team for that reason. I'm just, I'm a fan of Canadian moto. So I just, I want to support it. So I think for me to do what I want to achieve and do, it's, it's find those young Canadian kids that can use a team like ours to build themselves up and be successful motocross racers. So yeah, the, like that's the goal. We, we keep looking for those young kids. Who's going to be the right fit for our team? Who can we help mold into the next Dylan Wright or Colton Fascotti or whoever it may be and um, and go with them from there so yeah we're like like I said I told you I've I really enjoy watching some of those classes at the Transcan you know I'm really into the super mini class 250 intermediate it's always great because those are the guys that are right around the corner from turning pro um, but yeah like I, I'm just a, I'm passionate about the sport so I like watching it first and foremost but yeah you're also always keeping an eye out for little things that you might notice and see throughout the week of ECAN, TransCAN, that kind of stuff of riders that are up and coming and we love bench racing about like think of the conversations you and I and Noof have about it um, about all these up and coming racers right? Yeah I like I mean I just I, I feel like it's you know as a, a collective group it's exciting right now to see this sort of growth coming forward and you know maybe it is a tip of the hat like remember when we like you said we, we talked about in 2017 to 18 the scariness of a, the triple crown and supercross and you know and, and now we're uh, six years later and we're seeing this this younger generation with the opportunity to have these supercrosses and get their feet wet the world supercross is coming to canada uh it's just like the opportunities are now sort of like within our fingertips and it can really elevate all these skill set for the riders um, moving forward. I don't know. It's just it's exciting for some reason to me right now looking on the outside. And even with the struggle of inflation and the, the price of gas and food and this, you know, I'm not a political guy, but this fucking guy running our country. Jesus Christ, buddy, you got to take a hike, I think. I don't know what the, you know, I'm like that kind of shit. Like, I just feel like there's a change <clears throat> need to happen there. And maybe that helps. I don't know. And bike prices aren't getting any cheaper and all this kind of stuff but yeah we definitely have our challenges set in front of us for sure and yeah things like inflation like you mentioned and you know even for us here at gopher is trying to like keep that balance obviously prices have to go up at times because we're trying to run a business and keep things afloat but you're also trying to find that line where you're not going too expensive with things to make it still affordable for people to do it but even with all that going on i, I do feel like there's some momentum with our canadian motor and like look at something like 
there's a few examples. One, we can look at Loretta's, the amateurs that are racing that. They're, you know, you can see that we're improving a little bit. We're getting guys hitting the podium, these kids. Um, we've got some great kids coming up. And we look at something like Transcan, the, the amount of talent at the front of the pack in a bunch of these classes is amazing. Our pro riders, Dylan, Ryder, a bunch of these guys, they're obviously showing that they can compete more than just in Canada. They're competing on a world stage now with top racers. So I think as far as racing goes in Canada, we have a ton of momentum at the moment. And I, I think not just myself, but all these teams, we like, we're obviously competing against each other for sure. But like, we're definitely speaking about these things. Like how do we keep raising the level of these kids and making them better and, and bringing along through the system? Uh, yeah, no, it's exciting times. Um, this past summer, obviously another great year, but you, you took a little bit more of a, a step back, if you will. Um, you weren't at as many of the races. Um, I don't know if that means you weren't as hands-on. I know you're on the phone and all that kind of stuff, but you let Noof do some things. Your buddy Eric Bannon ran the team a couple weekends. Is that something that you're going to continue to do future-wise, future, future wise, or is that just something the way things worked out this year? Because, you know, um, it looked like it last year you went to a few and didn't go to some. This year, the same thing. It looks like it's, it looks like it's working. Yeah, uh, that is the plan going forward as well. I think my role as the team, like a lot of my stuff needs to get done at the shop. A lot of it's done in the off season before it even starts. It, it's being that guy staying on the riders through the week and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, some of our staff, they're full-time guys, mechanics and stuff like that. But then we also have the guys like Noof that are just there for the race weekends, that kind of thing. Just cool. there for the show and the fucking champagne. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, with that being said, like, they're doing their job in those moments, and I'm doing mine. Like, they know that during the week that I'll make sure that I've done everything I possibly can to make sure I have Jacob ready to go for that race weekend, and he's getting passed on to them. And I know that every that they're going to do everything they can to have him ready for the race Saturday, Sunday. And I think it works good. And you know, we're trying to be as cost effective as possible and everything like that too so it's it's a matter of logistics and like who who do we need back at the dunes doing things who do we need at the races doing things and i obviously got a lot on the go at the track that's obviously the business that uh, pays the bills around here too so i want to make sure that we're pumping out events and camps and recreational riding and, and all that stuff at gophers firing on all cylinders as well so that's just I guess kind of we're looking for that uh, perfect fit. So I'm going to certain rounds, you know, that are maybe we need an extra person there or we got something special going on. So I kind of like built my schedule around that. You know, round one, it's always a little extra hectic. Not to mention, I just want to be there regardless, of course, of round one. I was obviously at the Calgary round where we're doing the Blackfoot thing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like picking and choosing the events where maybe we have extra stuff going on or dealer signings or that kind of stuff that... Uh, that I can kind of keep managing that type of stuff and then just let the guys do their thing on the race weekend. And I feel like if I do my job correctly, it should be turnkey for those guys to get to the track and do what they need to do on the race weekend, Noof and the mechanics and riders and all that. Uh, something that got brought up and you, you got mad at me about it was uh, the a hotel fiasco. Uh, we live in a small village and a lot of times under tents, you know, whether it's frustrations or, oh, we didn't have a part this day and all this kind of stuff. Um, it, it's almost impossible to control. You can't keep every single person happy all the time, whether they're getting the food they want or where they sleep in a bed they want, all that kind of stuff. How do you how do you maintain a a 
on the manager side, and this is kind of maybe something you answer for everybody and not just in your own tent too, but how do you try to maintain a level of, hey, guys, our, our tent is our home. Let's keep it under the tent. We can work through it together. We're a team. And then so it doesn't branch into other tents. And then, of course, five phone calls later, it goes from, oh, well, we didn't get a hotel room this night. And then the five phone calls later, oh, I heard Dylan Wright shot somebody. You know, <laughs> how dumb it gets in our small little village, right? This, this is something that's been happening um, for years. Like, this isn't new, right? But how do you, as a team manager, how do you maintain to try to keep the team as a family? Say, hey, I, there's always going to be problems. Shit's going to happen. But let's talk about it underneath our tent to ourselves um, because we know like you know there's certain dads out there that ride for teams and all they did was badmouth the team when they weren't around the tent uh, and that's been around your in your past before years before like that kind of stuff how do you how do you control that shit or is it just something that you can't control and you have to deal with it every time it comes up i i think each time you just deal with it as it comes up that's the easiest way to do it, but it's it's never easy to control all that stuff for sure. You're always gonna have a dad about something or or whatever, and um, yeah, it can always be tricky juggling all that stuff, especially you know if I'm at home and the guys are at the race, and um, you know you get them messaging back to me like, hey, I don't have this sorted out for the hotel, like what whatever it may be, right? So um, the other thing that can always be tricky with that stuff too is you're trying to plan ahead, like. Um, you want to save as much money as possible when you can so a, a tough thing that I always find is I booked a lot of my travel this year for the team in March and or right about the end of March at least for the west coast and part of the east coast stuff and nothing happens as you expect you get a rider injured so you're trying to change flights you you book extra uh, rental cars and, and then one of them doesn't even get picked up or used all weekend or you get the odd night where a hotel room sits empty and that kind of thing. It's a struggle because you're trying to do everything, you know, as cost effective as possible. And then you have another night where your hotel room's short because the plans change of who's going to the race and that kind of thing. So it can be a little bit of a struggle juggling all that stuff. But I think for the most part, the guys understand, like, that's not always easy to sort out. So sometimes you got to make a, a change on the fly. And that's where you got to make sure that you have a little bit of extra budget sitting around because... I can tell you, like, there's definitely times this year I've booked last-minute flights or had to make a flight change because somebody needed to get home quicker or or all those types of things. Or maybe somebody stayed on the road for an extra day and needed an extra night of a hotel room. So there's lots of little bit of juggling that goes on with that kind of stuff. And I will tell you, like, if there's one thing that's changed a lot from when I started this team till now, the price of travel has really oh. skyrocketed. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> Whether it's flights or hotels or rental cars, like it's unbelievable how much we're paying now as opposed to a decade ago. And the other thing too, that's tricky. Like I always found like flights used to be easy to change in the past. You get a last minute deal. So you just change the flight for the guy. You're not getting those deals no more. It's like if, if somebody's flight needs to be changed, you're getting screwed on the price. So yeah. you got to try to be really on the ball with, uh, with, your bookings and be smart about it and that kind of thing because it uh, it will bite you on the budget um, when you're making those changes with you know a week ahead of time or something like that. And the and the picture I'm trying to paint here is not like there's big sort of negative little talkies and shitties and stuff, but 
your job sometimes people like oh yeah it's fucking easy you just order parts and and then the team and the riders do it all but there's all these little tiny things behind the closed doors that not everybody sees that like you just said all of a sudden a flight this weekend that could be eighteen hundred dollars needs to be changed and you're gonna eat that eighteen hundred dollars like that yeah. fucking hurts man um yeah kind of thing um before i let you go here to be a team manager over this last decade and a bit i would say there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to have to make what might not be the popular decision, but it's the right decision. Yeah. So it might not be the decision that every team member is happy about, but from a business standpoint, you got to make it. And it's no different than say when you're negotiating a contract with a rider or that kind of thing, they're, they're needing to make the right decision in that moment as well. And then I have to do that throughout the season where it might not be popular always, but it's it's the one that you just have to make as an owner. Um, I will be catching up with Dylan at some point, probably after Iron Man. There, uh, doing one of our rider check-ins, but um, maybe you can tell us what if uh, what was his bonus for the championship this year? <laughs> um, it is way bigger than I've ever paid any rider by a long shot. I mean, he crushed it this year, and um, I'm not I'm not going to give the exact number. I know that you have a rough idea of what he'll make in total this year but um what i will say is i know there's a lot of people asking why he doesn't go race the u.s nationals or uh join one of these smaller teams and the gps and that kind of thing and him and i have discussed this we've i mean he stays in my house all the time we've had plenty of conversations sitting on the couch just chatting about different things business life all that kind of stuff and the thing for him is, you know, he has gotten some offers from teams and stuff, and it would require him moving, taking a super small salary, if any at all, having a lot more expenses and not being able to put money in the bank. Yeah. Um, but he's in a position right now. He turns 20, uh, 26 next month. He's married. I'm sure there's going to be kids on the way and that kind of thing. So, like, he's, you know, he's developing in life and moving through life and he needs to make sure he's making good money and um i want to make sure he is as well so from a business standpoint and life standpoint this makes sense for him to be doing what he's doing yeah that's why i also want to make sure he's getting that opportunity to do these extra races because i know that's important to him and it is to me too like i'm competitive as well i want to be having him race those u.s nationals or a gp or that kind of thing like that's that's cool for me and as you know this the team's more of a passion project for me than anything so to be able to compete on that world stage with him is really cool but for him he has to look at it from a business standpoint i know sometimes that might be hard for fans to understand and and see why he's racing the nationals in canada but um at the end of the day he's making a great living doing it he's able to put some money away he's able to invest in some other things with properties and some things that he wants to do and He's kind of setting himself up for the rest of his life here as well. No different than you want to do or I want to do or anybody else, right? And along uh, the short of that, ladies and gentlemen, that's a manager walking around the fucking numbers. Okay, so you can just kind of put it together. Dylan Wright is killing it right now. Um, that's all. That's <laughs> what. That's the short answer of Diggs's <laughs> long fucking answer right there. Uh, big shout out to KTM Gas Gas Husqvarna and of course Bristol Coachworks, a big uh, supporter of the GDR team, as well as um, as us here at Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. All right, Digger, as always, love chatting with you. Always a good time. Appreciate your time today. Uh, go back and 
you know, elevate those kids' futures that you're training today. Hopefully, you're not doing the. <laughs> hopefully, you're not doing the training. They don't want to grow up to brace quads. <laughs> uh, we got a soccer game coming up in about thirty minutes. Here, okay. So well, then don't run over some poor little kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Galt. Right. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate you doing this. And uh, we got a couple events coming up together here in a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to those. And we'll see yep. you soon, buddy. Sounds good, buddy. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.